Hello and welcome to Buy Positive. These are your hosts, Mari and Indy. And today we will be getting a fresh poly perspective from our guests, Barry and Kathy. So could you please introduce yourselves and tell us what you do? What do we do? Well, let's see. Well, I'm, uh, I'm Kathy and uh, my husband Barry and I um, spend part of our time, this is not what we do professionally, helping people navigate the waters of polyamory. And we have our own point of view on this. Barry can go into it because it was kind of his his idea, his his sort of just his light bulb that went off on on, on making people understand that how polyamory works. But uh, um, we've been doing this for, oh my goodness, quite a number of years in, in, in the States and in the Netherlands. And uh, we aren't experts on this, but we've been doing this for so long and we've talked to so many people and gotten points of view from people who've been in this scene that we've kind of become just sort of gathered the information. And when you gathered this much information, you know, like a sponge, soaked it all up, we have lots to give back and lots of ideas and lots of points of view on this on this topic. So um, so we spend part of our lives shooting our mouths off about polyamory. Um, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do you define polyamory? Well. <laughs> um, You're on, Barry. <laughs> most people that sort of come to this will say, oh, polyamory, that's when you have um, more than one partner. And that's one way of looking at it. When you do it longer, you'll, you'll hear the thing that's so common in the poly community, that there are as many definitions of polyamory as there are people that do it, because everyone does it differently. At one point, we were running a polyamory group in California, and uh, we uh, were leading discussion groups and things, and we kept hearing this come up. And I heard it one time too many, and I said, that's ridiculous. How can all these people be using the same word to mean something different? It's like if you say elephant and you mean puppy. There, there must be something else going on. And I started thinking about all the different things people had described as the way they do polyamory, and I was wondering if all these people were talking about the same thing, maybe they are simply touching a different part of a, a thing that's much larger. Mm. And they think the part that they are touching is the whole thing. Mm. Someone else is touching a different part and they think that's what it is. You know the story about the blind men and the elephant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. It might be what's going on with polyamory. This one says, polyamory is is uh, having two girlfriends. This one says polyamory is having a network of people that I'm close to and we share all kinds of things, including on times we feel like it, sexuality. And then other times we share bowling or Italian food. And there's the network of people and it's open-ended. Some people say polyamory is when we have, you know, a small group of people and we live together and we never even look or touch anybody outside of our house. And they use the same word. Mm -hmm. I said, how can this be? And I started saying, when people said, what is polyamory? I would say, polyamory is that style of relationship where you can make up your own definition of what polyamory means. And yeah, people had exactly the same reaction you just did. They would smile and say, yeah, right, snark. And of course they were right. But then 
I listened to myself say that one time too many. And I said, you know, there is already something where everyone gets to make up their own mind about what is going on for them and then follow that path. And that thing is called self-determination. I'll, 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 I'll give you the details of it, but I'll give you the conclusion first. I decided that polyamory really is simply self-determination as applied to relationships, just in exactly the same way as you have the right to decide where you want to live, what kind of career path you want to pursue, what kind of sports you want to play. All these things are personal choices and you can decide one thing one day and another thing the next day and no one has any problem with this. If you decide to go to an Italian restaurant today and a German restaurant tomorrow, people say, oh, whatever. But if, if they uh, look at you and say, wait a minute, yesterday you were with this man and tomorrow you'll be with this woman, you slut. What is the difference between these two things? The difference is when there is sexuality involved, people's minds go crazy and they start thinking about putting it in a separate box. And the reason I think that self-determination when applied to relationships is treated differently from self-determination when applied to, well, anything else is because there's sex involved and people have very strong reactions to sex. And it's sort of funny because, you know, talking about words like polyamory or compersion, it's, you need these special words to define when you really don't need these special words for other choices, as he was saying, I mean, that you make in your life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, compersion. Um, when you're happy for a friend because they got accepted into their, their first choice university, yeah. do you need a special word for that? No. You know, and so... And polyamory is the same way. It's, a, it's a, a good label, it's a good starting place to say, hi, I'm doing something different, and it may involve extra people, mm -hmm. but it's only a starting place because everyone does this so differently. You've just got to, you've got to say, all right, you know, okay, so you know, do you already have a partner? Um, are, you, are you bisexual? Do you, you know, do you live with somebody? Are you, know, are you looking for somebody to, to move in your house, or are you just looking for somebody? We're just looking for Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> um, it's uh, you know we need, but we seem to need special language for this. But if you think of it in terms of, as Barry was saying about this uh, self determination, mm. it's just choices. And even even uh, something that I remember hearing one of your podcast about um, choices. You know, particularly like in, the, in bisexuality, it can be that can be expanded to I uh, people in the poly world are often also. Um, into the kink world, or they occasionally like to go to swing clubs. It's, it's a wide range. It's a very flexible mm -hmm. system of choices. And sometimes they like Italian food, and sometimes they like Thai food. You know, they like there's, both? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> They're bifugual. <laughs> the, the, the point here is no one thinks twice when you like both kinds of food. But when you like both kinds of plumbing, then people go crazy. What is this? And it's, it, it, the same thing comes up in the poly world. As Kathy was saying, there's a lot of crossover. Uh, and, well, in the groups that we've run, because we've encouraged it, 
because we see these connections and we say to people who are in the kink scene or the swing mm -hmm. scene or you know you know in, in in various places on the Kinsey scale what you do is welcome here because you're simply making the choices that work for you and that's really what this group is about mm -hmm. And I think that is why the group that we were running on the east coast of the U.S., which we, when we started, um, had, had uh, I think we're like 38 members. Mm -hmm. um, and when we left, there were over 3,000. And, uh, and it's still growing. We've passed it on to other people that are continuing the tradition. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's now well over 4,000. Yeah. People are just looking to explore um, what they're interested in and try things out that they may not stick with, it may not work, but, uh, but they, or they may discover a whole new path in life. You are in charge of your life. It's, it's that simple. Mm -hmm. Just like in everything else that you do. It's your choice how you want to try to have your life be. Obviously, we're not always successful with mm -hmm. our plans and goals, but we have an absolute right, I think, to have those plans and goals and to choose what those plans and goals are. No one else gets to have the right to make our choices for us. Obviously, if you're, you know, if you've got other people in your life, people, the, the word I like to use is stakeholders. <laughs> if you have stakeholders that are in your sphere and you value their opinion, then you'll check in with them. You'll have a conversation. You'll let them know what's going on. That's another thing that's very valuable in the polyamory community, how there is such a strong value put on honesty, communication, transparency, clarity. Much of the rest of the world thinks that relationships um, should be vague. Mm -hmm. The more vague, the better. You know, you have these euphemisms that come up in relationships all the time. My favorite, of course, is sleep with. Mm. Well, sleep with? When, I, when I'm sleeping with someone, I snore. That isn't what you meant, is it? Uh, no, but that's what you say. And there are all kinds of things, you know. Oh, are you seeing that person? No, I'm not blind. Uh, <laughs> all these things, you know, Again, things with sexuality are treated different than things without sexuality. Things without sexuality, um, there's a cultural bias towards accuracy and completion. Well, that Italian meal that I had yesterday, gosh, the way they, the way they cooked the fish, here's what they did, and they breaded it with this, and they used these spices, and they cooked it rare, and I like it that way, and they gave it to me exactly the way I wanted it because I asked for what I wanted, and that's how they gave it to me. Imagine that level of detail if you were having a conversation about a sexual encounter. You'd have people running screaming from the room. Yeah. That level of clarity and communication is not valued when there's sexuality involved. The polyamory world is not perfect about that kind of thing, but there is more acceptance to clarity and, and, and honest communication and saying exactly what's going on for you. I value being in an environment where, where, where people are more like that. You know, I'm not saying that every single person who defines themselves as polyamorous is this highly evolved, super spiritual, oh, trust me, ain't like that. <laughs> There's more of a likelihood that you'll 
be able to connect with people on that level because the community itself, especially if you go to discussion groups or gatherings, the community itself has a consensus agreement that it's okay to have that kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. You ever go to a party and you people are talking, you know, just chit-chat, oh, how was your day? Oh, that's that's a nice haircut. Where do you get your haircut? Um, and, and you say to yourself, oh, this is just on the surface. I want to talk about something real. What I realized at one point is there are many other people in the same room who are having that same thought. Oh, they'd really like to move this conversation. But the consensus in that community, that room, at that moment is... This is where the conversation will be, on the surface. And no one wants to be the first one to do something different because they're afraid that everyone else in the room will go, ew, and they'll laugh, and they'll point, and they'll say, there's something wrong with you. What do you mean talking about that? Because people hear that voice in their head. And the voice in their head says, if you do that, you're a jerk. Do you want to be a jerk? No one wants to be a jerk, so they just don't go there. In the polyamory community, there's more of a group consensus that it's okay to talk about these things. Mm. And I love that community that has that group consensus where it's okay to talk about things Mm. like this. And you don't have to worry about starting the conversation like that Mm. because it's already understood Mm. that it's fine to do this. So that's one of the real values of this is the community. There's, as I say, many, many ways to do polyamory. It's all what you choose to do and what works for you. Now, of course, that means you have to know what you want and you have to decide and you have to commit to yourself what your goals are. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part. (laughs) Actually, the first hard part is knowing what you want. But the second part is then then sticking with it. But, uh, yeah, that's... So how did you... Figure out, figure out how what you want. How did you? I mean, how did you get into polyamory? I don't know that I have ever not been into polyamory. <laughs> I didn't have a word for it for the longest time, and I just thought I liked all these people, and I also thought I was bad for doing it because I listened to the same songs and the same cultural messages. You know, you, you, you know all those. Did you ever have to make up your mind? Pick up on one and let the other behind. All those songs are conveying messages. And, you know, waiting for the one. You know all those things. And they, they are just in the culture. And they teach us. And we don't know enough to really listen to the lessons that they are teaching and decide if those lessons serve us. We just don't know. They just slide in. Mm -hmm. There they are. And then they're in there, and we think that they are us. They're not us. They're the culture sliding in. But that's how cultures work. That is what culture is. Doing the work to examine the roots of where our attitudes come from, it is work. It's not easy. You're going against the cultural grain to do this self-examination work. But um, in order to move forward, I think, as a whole person, well, it's certainly been really valuable for me 
to have this as a as a possibility to do this work and i didn't know this possibility existed for the longest time and i thought that i was a bad person because i just liked being with people you know if i wanted to be snuggly with people how is that different from having deep conversations with them you know if you have uh, you know three people sitting in a room having a great conversation i know grad school <laughs> but if they're sitting at different corners of the room having this great conversation everyone goes cool but if they're all sitting on the same couch with their arms wrapped around each other they go ew weirdos i couldn't see the difference it's just connection people are like puppies they like to connect we are pack animals we like piling on top of each other both physically and emotionally i just couldn't figure out why i wanted to do this thing and i wanted to be with people this way and of course every single message i was getting from the culture said this was wrong and bad and evil and i was a pervert now these days i think pervert is a perfectly fine thing to be but that's different in those days i was i really struggled with that it was really only after we we uh you know the the word polyamory was invented and the idea of being this way with people became a thing and and we lived in northern california by the way at the time that the word polyamory was invented and we know all the people that were in the room when this happened <laughs> it's a different story but it's it's uh but, but anyway this was in 1989 and um it took a while for it to percolate mm -hmm. out of course but until it became a thing that you could say oh that's what i'm trying to do it's a real thing suddenly i wasn't a weirdo i was poly oh okay and then i started exploring well what does this mean it was not just about sexuality it was really about um knowing yourself and knowing what you want so that you could have clear communication and honest communication with the people that you want to connect with in whatever way you want to connect with them we're not just talking about sex here i, I i'd like to i'd like to go to that new italian restaurant tonight how would you feel about that and they might say yes and they might say no if they say no it's not a value judgment about you it's just that they don't want to have italian food tonight yeah. And when I realized that you could have conversations about these very personal subjects at that kind of level of non-threatening but totally honest communication, I said, that's what I've been trying to do. Honestly, the sexuality part, which is great, trust me, I love sex. It's an effect, not a cause. The cause The motivating factor here is the ability to be who I am and share who I am and ask for things that I want and have the answer be yes or no and it's not a deal breaker it's just a comment and if it is no I can say so what's going on with you about that and maybe we talk about you know things that are going on with the other person and maybe the other person has these 
fantasies, I'll use that word. Fantasies are ideas in your head that aren't from something physical and objective on the outside. And we have lots of fantasies. We were talking about cultural fantasies before. Perhaps we have a chance to examine the fantasies that are going on and maybe I have fantasies too. And I get a chance to see them that I hadn't been able to see them before. Everyone kind of takes a, a further step down their path. The kind of cultural context where you can do this kind of stuff as a matter of course is freaking awesome. Yeah, because I mean, I come at this from a very different place than he did. I actually had never even heard the word poly until I met him. But like a lot of people, I would had boyfriends who were pretty possessive. I mean, it's like, you know, they would say things like, you know, what were you doing talking to that guy for so long? And it's like, you know, God, I was just talking. And he's like freaking out over the fact that I was just talking to someone else. And I'm like, this is, that doesn't make any sense to me. And I was also a contra dancer. Do you know what contra dancing is? Look it up. It's a great thing. It's a type of American mm-hmm. folk dance. It's great. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's the tradition when you go to a contra dance is you, if you come with someone, you don't dance with them hardly at all. You might do the first dance of the night, and then you'd say, bye, see you later, and you would dance with all kinds of people, with everybody, both you and your partner, whether you came with them or not. And so it was, it was very flirty. It was, it was, you know, you were really mixing with, with people. It wasn't just, you know, couples stuck together. And so I was kind of used to that world. So when I met Barry and heard the word poly, well, I mean, actually, my first reaction actually wasn't that good. It sounded like, oh, yeah, that means you want to, you want to, fool around with other people behind my back. Great, I don't think so. Another euphemism. Um, that's right, yeah, it's true, mm-hmm. fool around. Yeah. Um, but I was committed to sticking with this and find out what it was about. So I spent a lot of time talking to people in the poly community um, because we were at that point we were hanging out with the people that would get together for these discussion groups and these potlucks. And I was able to ask a lot of questions about my fears and you know my worries and... Uh, and just got a lot of people that were just really willing to listen and answer and take me seriously and not laugh and point, you know, they were just, you know. It made me really see that it's a really good way of being. Um, I'm an introvert, so I like to have a lot of downtime by myself. So for me to have a lot of partners really doesn't work because I don't have the energy for it. So, but what I like is one of the things that Barry touched on, it's kind of like there's, when you're with someone, there's what, what we like, sometimes refer to as a bright line that says you can only, you can't do things that are outside that line, you know, it might be kissing, it might be hugging, it might be talking to somebody. Um, I mean, and polyamory gets rid of that line. Now, of course, depending on what you want to do and what your agreements are with your partner, you may want to discuss with them before you do something. But it basically removes the line so that you have the freedom to pursue relationships with people at whatever level feels appropriate. So I may be with Barry, and while I personally am not out there seeking relationships, if we attend some events and I'm hanging out talking to somebody and I you know, really feel a, a vibe for them and we really are connecting in if you're polyamorous you have the right to pursue that you can't you don't aren't expected to say oh oh well i i can't go there i you know i'm married i you know you'd be all you know just you're not allowed just not go there but with poly 
you know, I'd say to Barry, hey, I met this guy, and, uh, you know, you know, you know Mark, and, and, and he might say, oh, yeah, yeah, he's a good guy, and I'd say, yeah, well, you know, we're really connecting, I want to, you know, spend time with him, and we work out when I should spend time and how it should be, but I, I'm allowed to do that. It just makes a lot of sense in the world, in the world where people cheat on their partners all the time, to acknowledge that even if you're with somebody, you're going to connect with people and have attractions, and just figure out how it's going to fit into your existing relationships. And, and to, uh, to play devil's advocate here, one of the criticisms, I guess, of, of being polyamorous is that, you know, the emphasis on communication also means, like you said, it means planning. And some people would say that, you know, planning takes the romance out of it, that it's, it's, it becomes boring if you have to sit down and work out a chart of when you're seeing someone. And so what would you say to people like that? There is a certain truth to that, but it is equally true with any kind of relationship. You hear all the time people in long-term monogamous relationships having that kind of comment. We never go out and have fun. We never go to 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 uh, to a club. We never, you know, we're home. We're, we're so dealing busy with, with the kids. kids. Yeah, yeah. we have to schedule a date night. Mm. You know, it's like you know when. All right, we're going to get a babysitter this night, and we're going to go out. We're going to have a date night. Yeah, scheduling can mm. can be part of life if you're if you're if you're busy if you have a busy work schedule and you have you know kids and all kinds of things. Um, it's just part of. Um, having a full life and it is true that if you have um, many well more than more than one sometimes more than zero uh, partners in your life at a particular moment coordinating can be interesting but you know it's just like coordinating oh yes I want to see this friend tomorrow night and uh, but but she's she's busy and so I can't do it. Let's see, when can, when, when can we get together for coffee? And uh, gosh, I really want to see, you know, these other people. I haven't seen them in ages. Oh, I want to go see them and they want to see me and we have to find a time that works. There's no sex involved in this. It's just mm. logistics. So what you're talking about is the problem of logistics for scheduling to see mm. people you're close to. It has nothing to do with what you're doing with them sexually. It has to do with where are you going to have the time to connect with them? And that's a very real thing, especially in this modern culture where everyone is so busy. It, it's just part of life. One of the things in the poly community is people joke about this kind of thing too. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, hey, you know, wow, you know, I met you, I met you at that uh, at that event there, and uh, we had a great time. Hey, we, uh, we, let, let's get together sometime, and 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 everyone, mm. you know, gets onto Google Calendar. <laughs> I mean, it's it's like the joke of like you're poly, you must be having a lot of sex. Yeah, I'm poly, I have a lot of deep conversations. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's right. The the joke. In the swing scene. Yeah, in the swing in the swing scene. Now the swing scene um, is much 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 larger than the poly mm-hmm. scene, mm-hmm. and uh, I have I have some thoughts as to why that's the case, mm-hmm. but uh, it boils down to the fact that. Uh, you know, the swing scene is basically about recreational sex, yeah. which is just as perfectly fine as recreational anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, they say, oh, isn't it dangerous having all those part of what? Isn't it dangerous going skiing? <laughs> you know? How many broken legs do you know of? I know of a lot. And honestly, as far as uh, STIs, the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the conscious sexuality mm-hmm. scene... 
um, whether it be through polyamory or swinging mm-hmm. or you know elements of the mm-hmm. kink scene or various other things, tend to be lower in STIs than the mainstream, supposedly mm-hmm. monogamous world because in these other scenes, people talk and they communicate about what they're doing and who they're doing it with. In the cheating world of monogamy, by definition, you're not talking. Mm-hmm. If you have your basic, you know, married boy and girl, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them is going out and having sex with someone else, the other one has no idea that they're potentially at risk. Mm-hmm. And they're having, you know, uh, sex with their spouse without protection because, mm-hmm. hey, they're, you know, they're married. And they don't know that their spouse might be bringing something else in mm-hmm. because no one's talking. Mm-hmm. In a community where people talk and they're clear, the odds of actually catching something are much lower. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I digress. The swing scene is huge. There's one uh, swing site that I know of that posts the number of new members they got this week. Mm-hmm. And members in the swing scene usually means a couple. Mm-hmm. Typically hit, but not always. Mm-hmm. The numbers tend to be in the range of forty-five or 50,000 a week. It's a huge scene. Swingers will, will rent out, will do entire hotel takeovers. I'm not sure that there's that many poly people in the entire world. <laughs> it's much easier to buy into the swing scene than to buy into the poly scene. Poly scene, you're buying into taking responsibility for, you know, your, your life, you know, anything goes wrong, you're responsible because you made that choice. People don't like that. They like being a victim. They like blaming other people. They like saying, well, it's my fault. It's that self-determination thing. Why aren't people more acknowledging of self-determination? Because that means that they're responsible. People don't like being responsible. The swing scene um, is different because what the swing scene does basically is exchange one set of external rules, mainstream world, for another set of external rules, the swing world. And they say, let's get together and have recreation. And it's just like people that get together and they go bowling. It's, you know, this is, this is a form of recreation and that's fine. But it's much easier to buy into that mindset. And so there's huge amounts more swing people, people who identify as swingers than people who identify as poly. In fact, the swing people say that polyamory is simply a tiny subset of swinging because they say the swingers, you know, swingers are perfectly pleasant people and you get together in that scene and of course you're social and you're pleasant and maybe you, you know, say, hey, let's see each other again. And maybe you say, hey, let's have a barbecue at our house, bring your kids. Perfectly pleasant people. And there is a social component. And they say that polyamory is simply a tiny subset of swinging where that particular social component is taken a little farther. The swingers say, poly people talk about sex. Swingers do sex. (laughs) That's the line. That's the line. Yeah. Well, that and with poly, you get breakfast. (laughs) And what would you say, because there's this stereotype, and, you know, our podcast is bi-positive, so we really focus on the... Yeah, we haven't gotten to that part. Yeah, so I wanted to ask, like, is the stereotype true that bisexual people are all polyamorous? Or polyamorous people are all bisexual. Yeah. (laughs) No. um, 
I know there's an element to this, just like there's an element to it, I think, in the culture as a whole, which is those cultural memes that get slid in when you're very young allow for the possibility mm-hmm. of bisexual women um, more than the possibility of bisexual men. Uh, the thing is, in the culture at large, there are many more bisexual women, I think, than bisexual men. And the polycene is no different. There are many more bisexual women than bisexual men because of the cultural stigma which men learn when they're quite young uh, about the, 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 the shame of, of, uh, of touching another boy's pee-pee. And um, again, it's one of those unlearning things that, you know, you work on things and you figure out what, you know, what serves you and what doesn't. And you, you, you choose what you want to believe. But the cultural thing is something that has to be overcome more for men than for women, I think. You will find um, in the poly scene, I think as well as in the mainstream scene, that women are more likely to be physical with each other. Uh, even straight identified women are much more likely to, you know, have their arms around each other and hug and, you know, mainstream men don't like to hug. I love to hug. I think touching is fabulous, but uh, it took me a while to get to that point, you know, to realize, yes, like I said before, we're pack animals. We like being piled on top of each other. So there is a, a, a you know, a kernel of truth uh, to the fact that there are um, more bi women in the poly scene than there are bi men. Um, I think that's the cultural conditioning and not anything that's related to, I don't know, genetics or, or that sort of thing. We in the poly groups that we ran encouraged people to explore their own possibilities to consider what worked for them. And um, we we encouraged people from all the different groups that we could find to come and 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 join us in our discussions around basically self-determination as defined, you know, by whatever you were doing in your life. And our groups tended to be, um, you know, not especially heteronormative, I don't think. I don't think so. Um, yeah. There was a, 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 large, a large community of people that would come that would uh, sometimes go to swing events or, mm-hmm. or kink events. There were people who identified um, as um, LGB and or T. I don't know if our group was unusual, but it definitely had a lot of, a lot of alternative oh. people. Mm-hmm. And um, we also had a lot of very large African-American uh, component to our group, which... which that definitely is in in the United States mm-hmm. is unusual, but definitely there were certainly a number. I would say there were as Barry was saying there was more by women than by men. I don't know if they're overrepresented in 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 the community um, because they they realize sort of have an aha moment that it's that gosh this is a way that I don't have to just repress you know part of my of my world. Um, I don't have any statistics on that or know the truth or not, but uh, there certainly were a fair number of bi women. Uh, there was certainly, you know, a, a, a not small component of bi men also. Mm-hmm. Although everybody was still, you know, they still get those people that are looking for their unicorn and, uh, and 
and uh, are generally not successful. We'd always discourage people who would come and say, oh yeah, well, we're a couple and we're looking for our third to complete us. And we're like, you would do better if you just come and meet people and mm-hmm. open yourself up and see where it goes. Because uh, if you narrow that focus, uh, your success rate may not be may not be so good. We do need to wrap up. Um, but before we go, could you tell us maybe where people can find you, like online or where to go if they live in the Netherlands? Well, there are uh, polyamory groups uh, in, uh, certainly in, in, in Leiden, which is mm-hmm. where we mm-hmm. met, and in, in, uh, in Den Haag, where mm-hmm. we are now. Uh, the, the poly group in Leiden is on Meetup. If you simply Google uh, Leiden polyamory, you'll find it. Honestly, wherever you are anywhere in the world, you can Google polyamory and your city or country here and see what comes up. You will find places you can start, you know, and, and find things that are near you. Yeah. The group in, 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 uh, in The Hague had been on Meetup, mm-hmm. um, and they are moving it to Facebook. There is a group that's starting in Rotterdam. Oddly, there's almost nothing in Amsterdam. There are groups, but they're dormant. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just, maybe there's too much happening in Amsterdam, I don't know. <laughs> That's it for the episode. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, Tumblr, send us an email. By all means, please do so. And otherwise, we'll talk to you next week. Bye.